Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Midrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip. Each week this year, we will hear a Dvar Torah on the weekly Parsha from Rabbi Eli Kompfer. Let's listen in. What does it mean to call God a king in our prayers? What kind of king is God, and how might we as worshipers engage with that metaphor? In Parshat Chukat Balak, Bilam attempts to curse Israel, but ends up blessing them numerous times instead. In one of these blessings, Bilam states, Hashem, Israel's God, is with him, Jacob. And the blast, Turat, of the king is in his midst, Numbers 23-21, Uturat Melech Bo. Although God is often called a king throughout the Bible, this is one of only three times in the Torah where God is called king. The other two are Exodus 15.18 and Deuteronomy 33.5. The phrase, Utruat Melech Bo, the blast of the king is in his midst, is ambiguous. It may refer to the blast of the shofar or some other instrument indicating the king's presence. But Rashi offers a different understanding of the word Utruat, blast. He claims it derives from Lashon Chiba Ureut, the language of love and friendship. In this view, the phrase means, the love of the king is in Jacob's midst. Rabbeinu Bachia builds on this interpretation. Quote, there are those who explain, when is Hashem, Israel's God, with them? When the love of the king is with them. When they are deeply connected to the king, from the language of re'ut, friendship or love. Rabbeinu Bachia to Numbers 23.21. This view of a king is surprising. When I think of a human king, I do not think of someone whom I love or who loves me. Rather, I think of a ruler who is often petulant and focused on power, at best treating me as a subject to protect, not as a beloved person. But perhaps this is the point of this phrase. God as king is the opposite of a human king. God the king loves Israel, even if love does not describe the relationship we expect between human kings and their subjects. Indeed, throughout rabbinic literature, various midrashim contrast the behavior of human kings to that of God as king. Below are a few examples. Quote, a king of flesh and blood, if a person is of high status but has a burn on him, or if a poor person asks after his welfare, it is a degradation to the king, and he does not respond. But God is not so. All are accepted by God, and God says, praise me, it is good before me. As it says, quote, it is good to sing to our God, Psalms 147.1. Midrash on Psalms 147.2. A human king is defined by the people he interacts with. It is considered inconceivable that people with physical imperfections or poor people would have a regular audience with a king. It is seen as beneath the king's dignity to interact with them. But God is the opposite of a human king. All people, regardless of their physical appearance or social status, can connect with God. Indeed, God desires their prayers. A second example, quote, A flesh and blood king, one cannot sit on his throne. But God sat King Solomon on God's throne, as it says, Solomon sat on the throne of Hashem. A flesh and blood king, one cannot ride his chariot. But God caused Elijah to ride God's horse, since storms and whirlwinds are God's horse, as it says, Hashem in the whirlwind and in the storm is God's way, and the clouds are the dust of God's feet, 
Nahum 1.3. And it says, Elijah rose in the storm, 2 Kings 2.11. A flesh and blood king, one cannot use his scepter. But Moshe used the scepter of God, as it says, Moshe took the staff of God in his hand, Exodus 4.20. This is a king who shares his glory to those who fear him. Yalkut Shimoni, Psalms 700. A human king is defined by the external items that symbolize his power. A throne, a chariot, a scepter. Take those away and he reverts to a regular human. But all these physical trappings are not important to the true king. In fact, in this Midrash, God uses those symbols of power to build connection and relationship as opposed to creating distance and otherness. To me, these Midrashim broaden the interpretation of what it means to call God a king in our prayers. Indeed, calling God a king is a core requirement of our prayers. A blessing is not properly phrased without it. On Rosh Hashanah, much of the prayers are centered around God's kingship. These moments of prayer can be hard if one has negative associations with the role of king. And yet, by calling God a king, we are not comparing God to a human king. Rather, we are contrasting God to such a king. While human kings are, at the deepest level, human, they are fundamentally no different from their subjects. But God's kingship is different. Indeed, God is a king who loves us, who wants us to pray to God no matter our status, and wants to draw close to us. In Rashi's understanding, Bilam's blessing to Israel introduced the concept of a loving king. When I say the blessing formula which calls God Melech HaOlam, king of the universe, I have in mind that idea of God as king. I think of all the petty aspects of a human king and then understand God as subverting these very traits. This helps me relate to the metaphor of God as king, drawing me closer to God in prayer. Shabbat Shalom. Our producers for this episode are Sam Greenberg and Jeremy Tabak. Thank you to Nadav Remez for editing this episode. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you. Thank you.